the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Vice President Kamala Harris says she does not see China as an adversary. To send a message to us, a message such as, here's what we can do to you and get away with, and you'll do nothing. Representative Jim Jordan subpoenas big tech heads for the House investigation into speech suppression. We now have censorship by surrogate, where you have the FBI pressuring and priming big tech companies to take action that the government couldn't otherwise take. Billionaire investor Sam Zell says the Fed screwed up. All I've seen the Fed do is, is mistake. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, February 16th. I'm Mike Scott. Vice President Kamala Harris says that the Chinese spy balloon that was shot down near the coast of South Carolina shouldn't impact America's relationship with the country. Harris's statement was made in an interview with Politico and went on to say that the U.S. was seeking competition with China, not conflict. Diplomatic relations have grown particularly frosty since the trip the former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi took to Taiwan, and they've become even more rocky in the days following President Biden ordering the spy balloon to be shot down. As it stands, Reports have shown that the Chinese Communist Party has sent many spy balloons over, not just around the U.S., but over other countries as well. However, China says that craft was simply off course and was primarily for meteorological purposes. But U.S. officials have dismissed the excuse, saying the craft clearly had surveillance capabilities. Lawmakers have been outraged by China's disregard for U.S. sovereignty and have resoundingly voted on a bill that condemned the CCP for spying on America. However, President Biden himself has yet to address the nation following the shootdown of China's balloon and three other unidentified objects in recent days. Congressman Mike Gallagher of Wisconsin joined the Salem Radio Network and says that while there are still questions that need to be answered, the fact that China sent a spy balloon over the U.S. is very disturbing. Here's the bottom line. I think there there are a few questions that remain unanswered. Well, first, there is the first incident, which is the Chinese spy balloon incident, which is probably the most troubling. And now we have these three subsequent shootdowns. Uh, including one that transited over Wisconsin and was ultimately shot down over Lake Huron. For the the latter three, the recovery effort is still underway. And until we recover the material, until we analyze it, we're not going to know where it came from or whether it was a, a spy balloon or some sort of other unidentified aerial phenomenon. 
Now, if it turns out that these were the subsequent three were from foreign adversaries, that would be a big deal. I mean, I've spoken with people at the highest level, and they understand that that would be a big deal, particularly if, we, if it was revealed that these are all from China. But we don't have that information yet. Gallagher questions the timing of the CCP sending that spy balloon over the U.S. and wonders if it was a message to the White House. For the first incident, I have not yet been satisfied with answers to basic questions such as, why didn't we shoot it down earlier? If we figured out how to shoot it down without risk of civilian casualties, why didn't we shoot it down? Why Would we have known about it if it weren't for the intrepid reporting of the Montana Billings Gazette? Would I, why am I learning about things as a member of the Intel Committee, Armed Services Committee, from the Montana Billings Gazette? Would the administration have revealed this to us, or would it let the balloon lazily drift over the United States so as not to imperil Secretary Blinken's visit to China. And finally, and perhaps what is unknowable, is whether the CCP and Xi Jinping intentionally timed this espionage effort uh, with Secretary Blinken's visit to send a message to us, a message such as, here's what we can do to you and get away with, and you'll do nothing. The Wisconsin congressman states that he believes that the actions of the CCP show that they have no respect for our country. Once the Pentagon and the FBI and the intelligence community are finished analyzing the debris that we've recovered off the coast of the Carolinas, I think they should put that thing on display. I think they should take it on a tour of the United States and and say, here's what the Chinese Communist Party is doing to us. They have no respect for our sovereignty. They're flying balloons over the continental United States. Uh, This is who we're dealing with in the CCP. And don't believe you know, all this uh, don't believe the charm offensive that we've seen in recent weeks from the CCP. The U.S. Navy and the Coast Guard both say that the spy balloon off the coast of South Carolina has been recovered and that debris from other objects is still being investigated. The White House and the GOP are at odds over balancing the budget. Daybreak Insider's White House correspondent Greg Clugston has more on the ongoing battle over the budget. In his latest attack on Republicans, the president said GOP policies would add $3 trillion to the national debt over 10 years. It would explode the deficit and leave the American taxpayer hole in the bag. Previewing his own budget, Mr. Biden said his plan would reduce the national debt by $2 trillion over a decade. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says they should agree on a path toward balancing the budget, writing on Twitter, no more blank checks for runaway government spending. Greg Clugston, Washington. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. 
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. On Wednesday, the House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan announced subpoenas for the CEOs of top big tech firms in the U.S., all part of Republicans' ongoing investigation into the weaponization of the federal government. That's right. The House Judiciary Committee under new Republican Chairman Jim Jordan has just fired off a spate of subpoenas to some of the biggest tech companies in the world demanding documents and information related to what he says is a big technology's alleged efforts to suppress freedom of speech. Here's what uh, Jim Jordan says in his press release about these subpoenas which were issued this afternoon. He's First of all, he's sending these subpoenas to the chief executives of Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Meta, and Microsoft. He's asking for documents and communications relating to the federal government's reported collusion with big tech to suppress uh, free speech. He's saying here that Congress has an important role in protecting and advancing fundamental free speech principles, including by examining how private actors coordinate with the government to suppress First Amendment protected speech. So the question here is whether Jordan and his committee, now that they have subpoena power because Republicans are in charge on the House side on Capitol Hill, will be able to come up with evidence backing that premise and to what extent the tech companies are going to decide to fight these subpoenas and what extent they're going to cooperate. We'll reach out to all the tech companies and let you know if we get any inkling of what their strategy is here and how to respond. Jordan cited long-held concerns among many that conservative viewpoints are disproportionately stifled on social media platforms through outright bans, removal of certain posts, and shadow banning, which dramatically reduce a person's reach on most social media platforms. Congressman Jordan joined the Hugh Hewitt Show on the Salem Radio Network and says that his committee will investigate the release of the FBI memo that sought to link Catholic conservatives with violent extremism. Someone needs to remind uh, some folks at the FBI that we have this thing called the First Amendment. The very first right you have under the First Amendment is the right to practice your faith uh, and not be, a, not be attacked or, or investigated by your government for doing so. Uh, so, of course, we're going to investigate. This is, this is as wrong as it gets. But, but frankly, it's sort of consistent with what we've heard from uh, whistleblowers, FBI agents who've come talk to us, uh, talk to us about the political nature that now exists at the Justice Department and, in, in, and within the FBI. So, of course, we're going to investigate this. And it sort of fits in with the same thing we saw, the memorandum a year and a half ago that launched this attack on parents who were showing up at school board meetings. The idea that you're going to have the federal government get involved in a local school board matter. If there's something wrong happening there, let the local law enforcement deal with it. Don't make it a federal issue, for goodness sake. Jordan says that the House is also investigating those in the Department of Justice who push the narrative that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation. So we're focused on a number of things. The most recent that deals with some of the people you talked about there is the 51 folks who signed this now famous letter. Uh, 51 former intelligence officials, where they said that, oh, this has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation, referring to the, the Hunter Biden laptop story. Um, so we're, we're looking at that, and it's been interesting in the last couple of days that Mr. Clapper suddenly changed, and, and he's saying, well, we said it could have been Russian information operation. Well, that's certainly not what you conveyed at the time. That's not how the press conveyed at the time. And you certainly didn't say that in, in just those, those days before the, uh, the most important election we have in our country, which is the election for president of the United States. So 
we're, we're focused in that area right now and, and beginning to get information and having people cooperate with us uh, who were part of that uh, 51 folks who signed that, uh, signed that now famous letter. Jordan goes on to explain that the House has already heard from a few whistleblowers within the FBI. We, we got everything is on the table for what we're going to do. We are, we are actively trying to get information from uh, these various agencies. Uh, we're we're going to we're talking with whistleblowers. We've now our third deposition of FBI whistleblower happens today. We've had two in the last couple of weeks. We're going to continue to build. And if that's where the, our investigation leads, then we're happy to do that. The Ohio congressman went on to explain the importance of subpoenaing the CEOs of many big tech companies. Part of this is and we had we had Professor Turley as one of our witnesses last week in our first hearing. Uh, and I thought he coined the best the best phrase when he said we now have censorship by surrogate, where you have the FBI pressuring and priming big tech companies, and we know this because of the Twitter files, to take action that the government couldn't otherwise take. And, and that's exactly what happened uh, in, the, in the run-up to the 2020 election and with other issues, Russia issue and everything else. So it used to be Democrats valued the First Amendment, valued particularly the right to speak in a political fashion and not be harassed for doing so. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be the case now. So I even said in my opening statement, I hope Democrats will work with us. The Constitution is not partisan. The First Amendment is not partisan. Equal treatment under the law is, should not be a partisan issue. It should be what we all embrace because it's, a, it's America. Concerns over big tech government collusion were front and center at the first weaponization committee hearing. This collusion was most prominent during the fallout of the New York Post story on Hunter Biden's laptop, which appeared to show the younger Biden committing a litany of alleged crimes. Committee Republicans noted that during an August appearance on the Joe Rogan podcast, Mark Zuckerberg acknowledged that Facebook had suppressed the story at the FBI's urging. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is taking the lead in battling so-called woke investing. Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters is analyzing for us this developing story. According to the Washington Examiner, the Florida governor and potential GOP presidential candidate has proposed legislation to prohibit state and local governments from including any environmental, social, or governance considerations in investment decisions at the state and local level. DeSantis characterized ESG investing as a mechanism to inject political ideology into investment decisions, corporate governance, and really just the everyday economy. Keith Peters reporting. According to billionaire investor Sam Zell of Equity Group Investors, inflation is still very high, and he believes the Fed screwed up with the decision to not act quickly enough to address it. Um, you know, I think the Fed screwed up by allowing it to, to the, the you know, zero interest rates to go on for too long. Uh, I think we're just beginning to pay the price for that. And, uh, I, you know, it'd, it'd be nice to say that it'd be great if the Fed got lucky. Uh, I've been around for 50 years and I've never seen the Fed get lucky. Uh, all I've seen the Fed do is, is mistake in terms of not acting fast enough. Zell also believes that a recession is nearly unavoidable, citing that 6% inflation down from 9% is still bad. 
Household expenses with the average American show that inflation is still squeezing the pocketbooks of many families. Groceries cost 11.3% more than a year ago. Electricity is up nearly 12% and natural gas 27%, while rents are up almost 9%. Stephen Moore, co-founder of the Club for Growth, joined the Salem Radio Network and says that inflation is still stubbornly too high. We got uh, some surprisingly bad numbers today, and I was surprised. I thought we had made more progress in bringing inflation down. So I'll do a mea culpa myself that I, I was surprised by these numbers. Um, so we, we got a 0.5% increase in inflation, which you know, on an annual basis is like 6.4% uh, inflation at the very time that we thought we'd turn the corner on this. So uh, by the way, they also revised um, upward the inflation numbers over the last three or four months, a little higher than we initially thought. That may explain, by the way, when I come on shows like yours and I say, you know, the inflation rate is six and a half or seven percent, people get angry at me. <laughs> and they say, what is he talking about? It's not six or seven percent. The inflation rate's, you know, closer to nine, 10, 12, 15 percent. Does this guy go to the grocery store? Does he uh, fill up his tank for gas? And uh, now I feel people's pain. Moore says what worries him are the amount of Americans dipping into their 401ks to make ends meet. What really worries me, my biggest worry right now, um, is that look at the debt uh, that people, not just the national debt, which everyone knows is out of control under Biden, but more and more Americans are going into debt just to just keep maintain their current living standard. Uh, you may have seen the report on Fox uh, News the other day that more and more Americans are um, are having to take money out of their 401k plans to yes. pay bills. That's a terrible idea. You pay a huge tax penalty for that. Moore goes on to say that some Americans are using credit cards to simply pay bills. The other thing people have to do now, which is re also a really bad idea, is they're running up their credit cards. Yeah, Did you really see the numbers really out? A trillion dollars on credit card debt you know, if you don't pay that, if you don't pay that, you're going to pay penalties 15 or 20 percent. Moore went on to explain what keeps him up at night. We are on we are a locomotive that is speeding towards a cliff and we're going to head over that cliff if we don't slow this locomotive down. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that's going to happen in two months, six months, 12 months, 24 months, I don't know. I don't know. But I can tell you with about 99% certainty that we are on a very, very bad path right now. And this can't continue. $31.6 trillion of debt, out of a border that's out of control, gasoline prices that are rising, people going further into debt. I don't know when it's going to crash, but if we don't turn this thing around, it is going to crash and it's going to be very much. Remember what happened in 2008, we're almost in a matter of two or three days, the economy just crashed. I, I really worry. That's what's keeping me up at night. According to many economic experts, to truly defeat inflation, politicians need to do what they can with fiscal policy. The first thing is to stop putting fuel on the fire. They need to do something drastic that Congress never does, which is to cut spending. A self-driving vehicle company owned by Amazon says that it has successfully carried passengers on public roads. Daybreak Insider's John Scott 
has more on this high-tech story. Zooks says the company conducted the first run of its four-person robo-taxi Saturday with employees on board. The company says the vehicle ran a mile-long route between two buildings at Zooks's headquarters in Foster City, California. The carriage-style interior of the vehicle measures just under 12 feet long, about a foot shorter than a standard Mini Cooper. It can travel up to 35 miles per hour. The company was founded in 2014 and acquired by Amazon six years later. John Scott reporting. In some cases, never before publicly seen video of the 1986 dive through the wreckage of the Titanic is being released by the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution. Daybreak Insider's Rich Thomason is taking a look at the video and has more on the story that will never let go. The more than 80 minutes of footage on the institution's YouTube channel chronicles some of the remarkable achievements of the dive led by Robert Ballard. The expedition marked the first time people laid eyes on the giant ocean liner since it struck an iceberg and sank in the frigid North Atlantic on its maiden voyage from Southampton, England to New York City in April of 1912. About 1,500 people perished. Rich Thomason reporting. And finally, actress Raquel Welch, who rose to fame in the 1960s in the films One Million Years B.C. and Fantastic Voyage, has died. With 30 films to her credit, along with more than 50 TV appearances, Raquel Welch was a household name. Those sons of the rich. Her career took off in 1964. That's the year she appeared with Elvis Presley in the movie Roustabout. Welch went on to star in big-budget box office hits, including One Million Years B.C. and Fantastic Voyage. In the Bastille. In 1975, she won a Golden Globe for actress in a comedy or musical for her role in The Three Musketeers. She began the 1980s by coming to New York City and taking over the lead role in the Broadway musical Woman of the Year. She also had a Las Vegas act and numerous concert tours. Welch was born Joe Raquel Tejada on September 5, 1940 in Chicago. Her father was Bolivian and her mother American. After the family moved to San Diego, she studied ballet, competed in beauty pageants, studied at San Diego State College, and she even worked as a weather forecaster for local TV station KFMB. Welch is survived by her two children a son and daughter. And right now, the cause of her death is unclear, and the details of services are pending. According to reports, Welch died Wednesday morning in L.A. after a brief illness. The actress, with more than 70 film and television credits, got her start as a spokesmodel on the variety show Hollywood Palace and had a small role in the Elvis Presley film Roustabout in 1964. On an appearance on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, Welch talks about how she feels to be thought of as a sex symbol. They always put that symbol, they always put that symbol on somebody who becomes successful in pictures, the new sex goddess or sex symbol. Does it, does it rankle you a little bit? Not anymore. In the, in the beginning, I used to get a little bit perturbed because it seemed to, I don't know, there seemed to be a stereotyped idea of what a sex symbol was, sort of vapid and... And uh, not too bright and not with much ability or... Doesn't hold true, really. Well, I don't know if it does or not, but it's kind of... It makes you uh, feel that you're limited in some way, and so you kind of fight against it. But 
I don't think that you can really fight against an image. It's something that you can't control, don't you think? The actress leaves behind her two children, son Damon and daughter Tani, according to her manager's statement. Raquel Welch was 82. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.